Hi and welcome to Build 'em Up, where we hear from great people building the health and well-being of rural communities right around Australia. This Build 'em Up podcast is proudly supported by NBN. I'm Claire Fitzmorris from the National Rural Health Alliance, and I'll be your host today as we chat to Stephanie Trithui, founder of Motherland. Well, hi, Stephanie, and welcome to Build Em Up. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Claire. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you and uh, sharing the work that you're doing for rural women with our listeners. Can I ask you to begin by introducing yourself and telling us where you where you are and where your family lives and um, what it is that you do for work? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm Stephanie Trithui and I'm a farmer, a mum, a business owner, and I live in central north Tassie on a beef property with my husband, Sam, and our two kids, Elliot, who's three and a half, and Evie, who's almost two. Um, and family-wise, I actually grew up in Sydney. I'm a city girl um, by heart. Well, not really anymore. The, the land's got my heart now. But my parents are in Sydney and Sam's, most of his family's in Victoria. So it's kind of just us down here at the moment. Yeah, okay. In a beautiful part of the world, though. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Although today we're about to have about 100 mil of rain, so it's not, not gorgeous today. But, um, no, it is. It is a beautiful part of the world. Okay. And... Um, so you sort of mentioned there about um, this being a place that you are at now at this point in your life, and but previously you've been elsewhere. Can you tell us a bit about your career and how you pivoted from being, I believe, a television journalist in a major city to living on a farm and, and giving rural women a platform to share their stories and um, creating a place of virtual connection for mothers in rural areas? Yeah, so um, yeah, you're spot on. I was a TV journalist for about seven years. I worked all over the country um, for Channel 7, Channel 9 on shows like A Current Affair, The Today Show, Six O'Clock News. And uh, yeah, that sort of all slowly came to an end. And what really kicked the end of that journey off and the start of this journey was falling in love with a farmer. So um, I was working for Channel 7 up in central Queensland in Rockhampton, managing their central Queensland bureaus. And it was a really slow news day in 2013 and I had no idea what to put to air on the news that night. No no crimes committed, nothing exciting. And so I went along to this little agriculture event, Rocky being, you know, the beef capital, there's always something happening in ag. And I walked in and, and I wasn't sure who to interview. The usual suspects were there and they said, oh, look, that young bloke over there, Sam, he's the guest speaker. Why don't you chat to him? He's been flown up from Victoria. And so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's where our... I guess our love affair began is I interviewed him for the six o'clock news and and from there our relationship kind of grew a bit of long distance and and then eventually we kind of got together and I suppose we've been inseparable since then and uh, you know being a farmer I I didn't really realize what I was in for by marrying a farmer and falling in love with a farmer I had no idea what that would mean for my future and my life so the last kind of three years since we've been on farm has been yeah an absolute baptism of fire. Yes I imagine many changes in <laughs> in life and, and some of those from becoming a mother and, and lots of them from for other reasons. Yeah, okay. And so what what is it that you're doing now work-wise? Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, so when uh, I was pregnant with my first son, or my first child, Elliot, we were living in Melbourne um, and working in our respective careers. Sam was in agribusiness and ag tech. I was in, in media and then corporate. And we decided that we were going to move uh, back to his home state of Tassie to start a beef business. And uh, that's something that Sam always wanted to do. He had a yearning to come back to the land and start something of his own. And, you know, I'd grown pretty tired of the rat race in the city after our son was born. You know, I really struggled as a new mum. My, my mental health, um, I definitely suffered from postnatal depression. And, you know, it was tough. Like, I, I, it was a real loss of identity becoming a mum. And I felt funnily enough, isolated in the city, but I did have access to things like a mother's group. Um, and, you know, I remember a lactation consultant coming to, to visit me in the early days when I had a little bit of a tricky start with breastfeeding and she helped. And, you know, I had all these resources at my fingertips. And then all of a sudden, when, when Elliot was six months old, we made the journey over to Tassie on the Spirit of Tasmania, the, the ship. And uh, yeah, landed here on the farm with a six-month-old baby, a farmer husband who was now on a farm, a farm that we bought together working seven days a week. Um, and I felt so alone. I felt completely isolated. I, I lost my village overnight. I had no access to a mother's group. In Melbourne, I'd had access to a mother's group. There was about, I think, 11 or 12 of us in our group. We'd meet for coffee every week, go up the road, have sip lattes, chat about life, whinge about life, talk about motherhood and really support each other. And and I said goodbye to that group when I moved here and all of a sudden I, I didn't have access to that anymore. And, and you know, I started to feel... I guess, frustrated as well as quite lonely. And I remember there was a moment when, you know, Sam left for work for another day and I was solo parenting another day. And I felt this moment of real frustration. And I thought, you know, if they say it takes a village to raise a child, well, where the hell is mine? And that's where the idea for Motherland was born. So Motherland started as a podcast and I suppose it was a really beautiful way for journalism staff um, to connect with rural mum staff and do something which was supposed to just be a tiny side hustle and has kind of taken on a life of its own since. Um, but I wanted to create a platform for rural mums to share their stories, to be real vulnerable and, and to share what it's really like raising kids on the land in rural Australia, which is so different um, to being a mum in the city. And so, yeah, I, I created a podcast, created Motherland, started an Instagram account and from there it just grew. And I think, you know, we're, we're about to clock 150 episodes. We've had over 420,000 downloads and, you know, I have met and, and speak to some incredible rural mums from around this country so many who struggle, not just with things like mental health, but, you know, lots of challenges when it comes to medical challenges or lack of access to resources, services, childcare, healthcare, um, you name it, relationships and all the ups and downs um, of life on the land. So that's how Motherland started. And then I had my second baby, Evie, had two under two <laughs> while growing our beef business and Motherland and not having that family support or village. I always joke that it's one of the dumbest things I've ever done, even though I wouldn't take it back. It was um, a lot of pressure. And so after she was born, I realized that I still felt alone. There was still something missing. And I, you know, I didn't have a village. I still didn't have a village. And I was busier than ever. I was more isolated than ever because I was going out less and less because I was home with a toddler and a newborn. And so I, the penny dropped. I thought, a mother's group. Like, I don't have access to a mother's group. What would I be doing in Melbourne? I'd be catching up with my mother's group. And I did a survey online and over 200 rural mums responded and over 50% said that they don't have access to a mother's group because of their geographical location or just a lack of local services. And and I just thought that's that's not on. Like, we are leaving rural, mum behind, rural women behind, rural mums behind. It, it shouldn't just be a luxury that only 
women in the city have access to. So I thought, why don't I create an online rural mothers group? So that's where the next phase of Motherland was born. So Motherland Village is Australia's first online rural mothers group program. And we connect rural women into their own small personalised support group. There's 10 rural mums maximum in each mothers group. We take them through a six-week online program. They have facilitated Zoom calls, weekly activities. And I always say it's like blind dating and speed dating on steroids. It's, it's six weeks about getting them, getting to know each other as quickly as possible to form some bonds so that when the program ends, they have that support group um, and that group carries on from there. So, yeah, that's, I guess, in a nutshell, the, the motherland sort of story and we're only just getting started. Wow. Oh, that's, um, it's really interesting to hear how the evolution of um, motherland has sort of paralleled your your own evolution as a mother and sort of, you know, changed with the things that have kind of happened along the way. Yeah, it's um, funny. People often ask, you know, what's been the key to the success? And I just think it's because I am my customer. You know, I, yeah. am, I am a rural woman, I am a rural mother, and I am a rural mother who struggled. So I've created resources um, and platforms that I craved. And I think that that authenticity shines through in any business when you're creating something that you understand that you have felt the, I guess, downsides of as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it's just um, so relevant, um, you know, for us as an organisation and, you know, who works in the space of um, advocating for, you know, the best health and wellbeing outcomes for people in rural Australia mm-hmm. um, to think about, you know, things that are not really um, in the direct clinical care spectrum but to look a little bit further outside of that and to think about, okay, well, what about um, making sure that people are well and, you know, actually having the best kind of lives that they can have and preventing them from becoming ill. And um, this kind of work is so important in that space because, you know, there's plenty of research that links social isolation and loneliness with mental ill health, things like depression, including um, postpartum depression. So, you know, it's such an important um, piece of work that you're doing. Thank you. And I think we, we are so obsessed with talking about the cure for something and focusing on the symptom, not the cause. And and so, you know, where I think Motherland Village fills a real gap is it is a bit of a preventative uh, program. You know, not every rural mum who takes part has any sort of mental health issues. Some of them do, and we've collected data on that. But let's use that social inclusion as a tool for prevention. You know, it's a way to prevent future isolation. And why are we waiting until people are desperately needing to seek psychological help? And often in rural and regional Australia, they're waiting weeks, if not months, to get that support. You know, what can we put in place well before that mother has a child or when she does have a child, how do we support her um, in, in those ways before she hits rock bottom? So I'm pretty passionate about that. And the second thing, you know, I want to mention is what makes Motherland unique is we don't just support rural mums with babies. I think there is a massive misconception that when your kids are out of nappies, magically the challenges disappear and you're fine. And everyone seems to, to, to check in on the mum with a baby, but who's checking on the rural mum with a teenager? Um, we kind of forget those women. So our, our program is offered to three different age groups, um, rural mums with kids age zero to three, four to 10 and 11 to 18. And that's really important to me because, you know, there are rural mums who have children in boarding school. That's pretty common in rural Australia. And there are rural mums who missed out on a mother's group 
when they had babies. So I think we're giving those mums a second chance as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's about supporting mums holistically through their entire, you know, cycle and journey with children. Yeah, that's brilliant. And because I know, you know, as a mother myself, uh, people are often saying to me, oh, you know, the challenges don't go away, they just change over time. And um, so, yeah, so important to be able to kind of adapt to the changes that come with the different ages and stages of, of having children. Yeah, absolutely. And just one point on mental health is is across all age groups and, and mothers of all ages across different states. We, we collected some data earlier this year and a staggering 70% of rural mums from around the country indicated that they have suffered from some level of postnatal anxiety or depression. You know, that's three and a half times the national diagnosed average. Um, and, you know, I think that that says a lot. And that's not just women in the postnatal period, you know, or perinatal period. Um, that's a, that's women of all ages. So I think that's a there needs to be a bigger, broader discussion on what we can do to support rural women and rural mothers in general um, past the baby years, as I said. So, you know, stats like that are quite I find quite concerning. Um, and look, I'd love to think that, you know, initiatives like Motherland can contribute something um, to the discussion, to putting these issues on the mainstream stage and, and supporting rural mums a bit more. Absolutely. And because, you know, we know that motherhood is, you know, it comes with so many challenges, even for people who live in cities. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just additional layers of um, difficulty that, you know, come from uh, being in a rural area and so yeah absolutely things like the work that you're doing are really important um, and and we also know that from national level sort of surveys that um, you know the differences in prevalence of mental um, health conditions are not really borne out in the um, data but there's long long been a belief that there's a masking of of things that are going on there for people that are perhaps um, you know experiencing sort of pre-clinical um, symptoms or, you know, they're just not seeking help. And, and I think that's perhaps the type of thing that's coming out in the, um, the studies that you've just talked about. So that's really interesting. Mm. <laughs> Um, I wonder if you could tell us um, a little bit more about Motherland Village um, in terms of the response from mothers in the groups and whether you've got any sort of anecdotal kind of stories or anything like that that you'd like to share. Don't need to put you on the spot, but <laughs> oh, no, of course, no. We um we survey the mums before and after the program, and we survey them on things like you know on a scale of one to five, with five being the most isolated, like how lonely do you feel? And and then we survey them after the program and what we're finding is a definite improvement in the mums who are feeling more isolated at the start and that isolation is being reduced by the end of the program. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing mums actually seek psychological help as a direct result of the program. Mums who have started the program and it's just opened up, it's just provided a safe place for them to talk about life. And, you know, maybe in that group of 10, there's another mum or two who has, you know, put a hand up and said, I've suffered from postnatal depression and I've seen help and it was amazing. And then another mum in the group feels like, well, that's a safe place to, to, to discuss that and then now go and seek my own help. And so there's been amazing results um, in that regard. And just the friendships that are forming. I mean, I had a text, a message a few months ago from, from a mum and she said, she said that her own mum, so the grandmother of her child, this mum said, my mum has noticed a tangible difference in me and my mental health since I joined Motherland Village. And, you know, those messages are just incredible. And she's actually part of the same group who went through the zero to three February program. 
and they are about to meet uh, face-to-face at International Rural Women's Day um, at an event that they're flying in from across the country to be together. So that virtual group is about to meet face-to-face. And, you know, that just make, sometimes just makes me want to cry, just the friendships that have formed as a result of this program, the, I guess, discussions that are happening as a result of this program and the safe place it's providing for rural mums, I'm really proud of. So, you know, we've, we've got so many testimonials, you know, both public and private of women who have just said that this program has made a real difference. And you know what? It's a simple solution to a massive gap in our maternal health care system. You know, it's not necessarily the hospital's job to socially connect mums. It's their jobs to, you know, look after the health and well-being of mothers and babies um, after birth and in that initial six-week period when, when women have their checkups. But after that, who's responsible for their well-being? And I would argue that government needs to come to the party. Government needs to invest in rural mothers. And to date, in some ways, they haven't. Um, but Motherland has been able to move quickly as a startup to, to fill that, that gap. And we are providing a social service. That's really what we are. Um, so I'm really excited because, you know, in, in just 12 months, we've taken 100 rural mums through the program. I've done that myself. Um, and I'm just one person. So the next stage is is growing the team and and bringing government, corporate companies to the party to invest and to support Motherland so that we can support far beyond 100 rural mums a year and that overall the vision is is that no rural mum is left behind, that we stop sending back rural mothers to stations in the middle of nowhere or farms that are close to towns where they are literally being handed a baby, they get their little health checkup and the tick of approval at six weeks and then they are alone and it's like figure it out. Figure it out while there's a farm that needs you, while your partner is probably not around a lot while they're pulling 12, 15-hour days, figure it out and be happy and put a smile on your face while you do it because you should be grateful because you have a healthy baby. And, you know, I think that's a very dangerous cycle that we're in. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you can feel more isolated in a city as well. um, But, you know, the resources just don't exist in rural Australia like this and they need to because they are going to help and make a tangible difference to rural mothers' lives. So I'm pretty passionate, as you can tell, um, about this. And, you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, what's to come because it's only been only been 12 months. Yes, so much in a short time. Well, and in talking about what's next, um, I did notice that you have recently sort of um, started a partnership with a health service in the Northern Territory. So looking at how to kind of expand into some of those other areas. Do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. So earlier this year, um, we announced a partnership with Catherine Hospital in um, in the Northern Territory. And Catherine Hospital, they deliver, you know, around 300 babies every year. A lot of them are, you know, to rural women, given where they are geographically located. And, you know, Catherine Hospital have been an amazing supporter of ours. It's, I guess, a pretty much a grassroots, ground up awareness campaign where, you know, every single rural mum who gives birth through their hospital is connected to motherland. So whether it's through their antenatal appointments at the in the birth suites, the maternity ward and their postnatal checkups um, through a little QR code system, which is very simple because we all know if you've had kids sitting in a hospital bed, you know, the last thing you want to do is be reading like pamphlets and lots of stuff. It's overwhelming, but a simple little QR code and she gets taken to motherland and she knows that there is a community for rural mums um, if she wants to join. There is a rural mothers group that she can join um, if she wants to. And so it's just really a simple initiative that is just making more rural mothers aware in their region that we exist and that we're there to support. And I suppose our, our vision is to ensure, you know, the dream is every hospital in Australia, especially every regional rural hospital that delivers rural babies, um, is connected to motherland and has that relationship 
because what we're finding, you know, I was just recently in Canberra for the Rural Women's Award and I had a couple of women come up to me and they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know you existed. And, you know, I wish you were around when I had my first baby five years ago or older women who have teenagers. And, and you know, so for me it's as much as about, you know, raising that awareness as it is delivering the programs because, you know, there is demand but um, I think there's a massive untapped market of rural mothers who don't know that we're here for them. Um, so I think that's the next step is to kind of elevating that awareness. Yeah, okay. And and so do you want to um, talk a little bit more about um, future work of Motherland and events that you've got lined up? Yeah, so I suppose, you know, a lot of things in the pipeline. A few months ago, we transitioned to a not-for-profit structure and we're now a registered charity as well, which was really important to us. And, you know, it's really taken me from being a one-woman show to now having um, an incredible board of directors. Um, You know, Arabella Gibson, who's the CEO of the um, the Gidget Foundation, Dr. Alison Kennedy, the director of the National Centre for Farmer Health, Natalie Somerville, the president of Australian Women in Agriculture, like, these are the people that are now part of our, our team, I suppose, helping drive that strategy. And, you know, for us, the next step, I suppose, is is distribution, as I said, raising awareness, reaching more rural mums and growing our team and finding the capital to help grow us beyond little old Steph, 100 mums. Um, we need to go bigger. So, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's what's next for us. You know, we're trying to build out an ambassador program. I'd love to have a motherland ambassador in every state so that, you know, let's just say it's Claire in Victoria who comes on board and is trained as a motherland village facilitator. Um, you're able to, I guess, work in your community to mobilise more rural mums in Victoria and and potentially, yes, host motherland events, but also take Victorian rural mums through the program. Um, at the moment, the program, you know, is made up of mums from all around the country in these groups of 10, which is lovely. Um, but I think also there's there's a lot of scope for mobilising them at a state level. Um, and, you know, it, those are all early day discussions. This is all all my vision and my dream. And now it's just, as I said, like getting others to come on board and come to the party. Yeah, okay. And, well, that sounds like, um, you know, really big steps to transition the um, governance structure of the organisation and all of that. So, you know, really moving in the right direction. Fabulous. Um, I think you you sort of alluded to the fact that you are in Canberra for the um, Rural Women's Award recently. So um, you were the winner of the 2022 AgriFutures Rural Women's Award. Um for the work in providing services, resources and virtual communities to rural mothers. Um, Can you talk about how this award reflects the work that you do? You know, I I almost didn't apply for the award because I just thought, you know, I applied it almost a year ago and and I just thought I wasn't ready because, I mean, Motherland Village didn't really exist then. I applied in October last year and I'd only just kind of done the pilot program and that hadn't even wrapped up. Um, And I just thought, oh, I'm not ready yet. Like maybe next year or the year after. But I did. Someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, you know, it's applications are due, due in a week, like go. And and so I did and I had a crack and <laughs> I won. So, you know, it just goes to show, you know, you got to back yourself and, and have a go. And it's just been an amazing experience because, you know, for me, it's for me, it's showing that that rural mums are the backbone of our communities. You know, over 90 percent of farms in this country are family owned and rural mothers are the backbone. They're the glue of those households. And I think they're quite easily forgotten. And, you know, I said this in my acceptance speech, which is all a bit of a blur, but I do remember saying that, you know, if mums suffer, industry suffers too. It's not just about the individual mother. It's 
if she's happy, if she's feeling supported, the family unit benefits, the children benefit, her partner benefits, and more broadly, the industry benefits, whether she's directly employed in it or not. Um, And so for me, this award is just an amazing platform to keep pushing Motherland, getting it at the forefront of people's minds in industry. It's such a new business. And, you know, Motherland Village, as I said, it's only 12 months old. It's a baby. Um, And so for me, it's exciting because, you know, rural motherhood isn't always on the mainstream stage. And, you know, I've I've done some amazing media. I've been on, you know, Nine News, Sky News, ABC News, Women's Weekly. I was in Sydney last week. And, and, you know, it's making rural motherhood sexy. And, you know, being a former journalist, I'm going to milk this opportunity for all it's worth. Um, I think I'd be stupid not to. So, you know, I just see myself as trying to be a bit of a voice for rural mums and and seeing what Motherland can do and how it can evolve into an organisation that, you know, creates some some long-term impact for rural women. Yes, and, you know, what a fabulous voice that you are. You know, I think rural women are really lucky to have um, someone who's got the sort of passion and um, prominence that you've got and, yeah, um, we look forward to seeing things kind of move forward over the next little bit of time. Um, Finally, Stephanie, would you, what would be your message to rural mothers who are bringing up their children in a rural setting but perhaps feeling isolated or facing challenges? My message would be, and I say this with the utmost love, maybe a bit of tough love, is is no one's going to save you. And I think that that is what I have learnt firsthand at, at my darkest time when, you know, my mental health was at its worst and I was feeling resentful and I was struggling with this life on the land and no village and you know, I kind of just hit me like, if I don't pull myself out of this, if I don't ask for help, if I don't create my own village, it's not going to come to me. And so I know so many rural mums struggle with so many things. And so my message would be, is you need to take control. Things will not change unless you change them for yourself. Sometimes you need to put yourself first. As mothers, we are so great at being selfless. I mean, how many times have you heard a woman put on a pedestal and idolise for being a selfless mother? Oh, she's such a selfless mum. She puts her kids first. And you know what? That's great, but it's also bullshit because if we keep putting other people first all the time, we just go down, further down the priority chain and that's where we start to suffer. So I find that the, the mothers in general and rural women who are, who are thriving are the ones who at some point have, have drawn a line in the sand and have prioritised their own health, knowing that if they're healthy, again, massive important impact on the rest of the family unit as well. So my message would be I have been there if you are struggling and I still struggle. Um, it's bloody hard. But, you know, you need to invest in yourself. And for me, I've created a virtual village. I don't have a physical one. I don't have family, friends and mothers group here. So I've I've created resources and I've built a village um, to support me in the ways that I need to be supported. So um, it can be done. But, yeah, no one's going to save you. So you've got to do it yourself. Amen. Um, Stephanie, it has been really lovely to chat to you and to hear your insights into the challenges that um, rural mothers face in Australia and the support system that's available for them through Motherland. Thank you so much for the wonderful work that you're doing and for the time you spent chatting to us today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. If any of our listeners would like to find out more about Motherland, head to motherlandaustralia.com.au. Enrolments in Motherland Village are open for February 2023.
Thanks for your support in talking up rural health across Australia. And our thanks to NBN who are lifting digital connectivity and capability across rural, regional and remote communities. If you like hearing upbeat, community-driven health stories, get your monthly build em up podcast by heading to ruralhealth.org.au slash build em up. Still the magpie